listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. Hey guys, this is Mikey Puckett with Seven Rivers Student Ministry. You're listening to Episode 7, No More Condemnation. This story comes to us from Andrew Harper, who's one of our discipleship group leaders. He's married to Cassidy, and they have four beautiful, awesome little girls. Andrew, being part of our team over the last few months, has brought a lot of uh, humor to our team, and it's been awesome uh, getting to know him uh, these past few months. If you do know Andrew, you know that he's iconic and for his jokes. And dare I say that they're dad jokes, but they're awesome. They're, they're incredible, uh, and I love them. But also something really sweet about Andrew is that he's honest and real and authentic. He's not going to hide the truth from you. And he's going to make sure that you understand and know that he loves you no matter what. Something I really value about Andrew and his family. So he brings to us a story uh, about how some things were hidden from him when he was growing up about Jesus. And this is a story about how he struggled to find the truth. And when he found the truth, he realized that there is no more condemnation. That in Christ Jesus, he is forgiven and he is loved. And the question that I want to ask you as you dive into the story is, do you know, do you believe that you are not condemned? Do you know and do you believe that in Jesus you are forgiven and you are loved no matter what? Do you know and do you believe that there's nothing you can do to earn more of his love or to lose his love? Andrew, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being brave and courageous and asking us these questions. Thank you for reminding me that in Jesus, I am loved. Here's Andrew's story. Mikey first asked me to share a story of God being faithful to me through suffering. My first response was something like, um, how about no? 
In fact, I was in the process of writing an email to get out of doing this when God brought back memories to me and showed me what I should be sharing out of my experience. The word suffering is kind of a problematic word for me. It is the kind of word that comes with a lot of baggage because of how it was misused in my life as a teenager and as a young adult. It was misused because I was raised in what I now understand was a Christian cult. Yeah, I said Christian cult. (laughs) Um, No, I didn't grow up behind stone walls surrounded by people who unthinkingly followed a human leader. Instead, um, what our leader did was he twisted our thinking. And so in that way, those of us who were in the cult went home after conferences or from training centers, and we built our own mental walls, our own walls of belief, our own walls of behavior, and our own walls of dress. Um, Those mental walls were more effective than any stone ones, and our beliefs made us unrelatable to people who were outside the cult. Um, The things that we were taught, they centered around um, what I would call a progressive, pietistic purification. Um, In other words, we were taught to love and worship the character of Christ instead of loving and worshiping the person of Jesus. We were taught that suffering would strip away our bad attitudes and our tendency to focus on the wrong things. Um, Suffering, we were told, would burn away all the bad and reveal a character that more perfectly mimicked the character of Christ. We were not taught that as Jesus leads us through trials, he holds us tighter and he pursues more authenticity in his relationship with us. We were not told that it is only through unification with Christ. It's only by sharing with him our honest thoughts and feelings and receiving from him the encouragement of his spirit and his word that our conformity to Jesus' character happens and that that process is an organic process. I love the word or the the idea that our conformity to Jesus' character happens organically. Um, a pineapple grows organically. If you twist the top off of a pineapple and peel away about an inch of the leaves at the base of that top, you put it in the soil and maintain the right conditions, that pineapple top organically grows roots, and in a couple of years, it will produce more pineapple. On the other hand, if you twist the top off of a pineapple and you set it there on a table and you tell it to stand upright and copy a mature pineapple plant, that pineapple top will just fall over and it'll die a rotten death from the inside out. The difference is that the abused pineapple top never established a relationship with the source of life. Um... In our cult, we talked about standards and commitments and vows. Most things boiled down to our performance and whether we were conforming to the opinions of our parents and our leaders in the ministry. 
That is similar to telling a pineapple top to act like a mature pineapple plant. Now, Mikey asked me to share for 5 or 10 minutes, so I don't have the time here to explain in detail, but trust me when I say the things I was taught and the system I grew up, on, grew up under was spiritually abusive in that it taught performance and results without connecting people to the life-sustaining source of a relationship with Jesus. In fact, it was so burdensome that by the time I was about 18, um, the years of spiritual abuse and performance anxiety brought me to the point of a nervous breakdown. But the question is, where was God in this suffering? Was God around and faithful, even when people were actively misusing his name and misrepresenting his intent in the world? And I have to say that yes, God was there. No, I didn't always see him, but there were definitely people and circumstances which God used to speak grace, peace, and freedom into my life during those years. Granted, it was like seeing something really amazing from a long distance away and not being able to understand what I was seeing. But each of those people and circumstances were like signposts along a desert path um, for years until they all came into focus and I saw that they were clearly pointing at the person of Jesus. That moment for me happened when I was reading a book called The Doctrines of Grace by James Montgomery Boyce. Through that book, Jesus graciously lined up all of the clues he had left for me along my wandering path. I remember recognizing the truth of the gospel, that Jesus is the messenger and the message, that he is the gift and the giver, and that he is the task and the performance, and he is the solution. And I, I cried tears of joy when I realized that Christ not only knew about me, but he knew who I was, and that he not only knew who I was, but he chose me, and that he gave me the whole package deal freely. And I have to say that yes, spiritual abuse is real, and it is very damaging, and I would not wish it on anyone. But uh, in my own story, I don't think I would have fully appreciated the freedom that Christ brings if I had not been so oppressed. And I can't think of a better way to end this off than to just quote the verse that's been on my mind for the last few days, and it's uh, Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more stories and follow our devotions, you can go to www.sevenrivers.org backslash by life or by death. You are loved and you matter.